0: Music has always been such an important part of my life as a human and as an artist. For those of you who make films and those of you who edit films, more importantly, you know how important music and score is to help convey an emotion. I mean, how often have you been in the edit room looking at a sequence of, of cut together shots and dialogue and you maybe you've laid in some sound effects and it just doesn't feel like a movie yet just doesn't feel complete and then you lay down a temp score or you lay down the the music that's being composed for the piece and suddenly that screen it feels like you can put your hand into that screen somehow music has taken what's happening there on this little one-dimensional object and surrounded the room with it hell it's like 80 percent of the reason why i love to go to cinema i love to go to movie theaters is because of the sound and because of music. And think about all the powerful scores that we're all ripping on these days that have really stuck with us. Go back and think about John Williams stuff and everything from the 80s and Spielberg, and John Carpenter, and what a huge influence John Carpenter is today. And think about um, Sicario soundtrack. Think about Mandy's soundtrack. Think about stranger things think about all these different scores that are just tugging at our emotions and they do such a good job with it and i'm fascinated by music i'm fascinated by the emotions that music triggers and being somebody that tries to craft my own little world i try to craft i try to translate to you some sort of emotion that i felt at one point in my my life and try to give you that same vibe you know what I mean? With <laughs> a without like smashing you in the back back of the skull and throwing you in intensive care for fucking five days. How can I do that with the tricks and the tools that I have at my disposal? And the most important one, by far, is the music. And listening to the music as we as we talk here. I've been playing music. We played music at the beginning of the show. I'm really excited to be able to play this music and something that I'm doing. I've been a, such a massive fan of this band for, or of this musician, rather, for years. Um, and I'm excited to have him on the show. And I'm excited to be able to talk about Big Black Delta today, which is super cool. And now, for those of you who don't know who he is, we're going to do this episode in a really special kind of way. Uh, I'm going to sit down and talk with the man behind Big Black Delta, one-man show on this. We'll get into that a little bit, uh, Mr. Jonathan Bates, and we'll talk about his life as an artist, and we'll talk about his involvement with the movie industry, and we'll talk about um, how he deals with life, how he processes life. Um, And as you'll hear, we get along pretty goddamn well. Uh, The two of us, I think he's like, I think he's my age he's a year younger than me um and we both come from the same generation we both love the same kind of music uh so this is kind of a this will be a fun conversation this is a fun little bro fest between the two of us um and, but there's a lot to be learned from this i think uh so hopefully you guys find this entertaining and as always i want to say thank you to everybody that continues to follow and support the show really appreciate all of those of you who follow me on Instagram at Mike Pecci at Instagram or the podcast in love with the process pod. That's in love with the process pod on Instagram there. You guys have been leaving me suggestions for guests. You guys have been giving me feedback on episodes. You guys have been following the food that I shovel in my face and the stuff that's going on, all my cryptic messages about future projects. I appreciate it. Um, I really do love you guys and I really do love that I'm able to do this show because of you. And thank you everybody who clicks on the sponsor links below the episode. Um, we've just had our sponsorships extended in a period where most sponsors are, are backing out and walking away. Our sponsors are sticking around because of you. Because you guys are telling us that you love the show. You guys are clicking on things. You're telling your friends our traffic is fucking through the roof right now. We're killing it. And it we're killing it means that we're all killing it. You guys are really helping with this. So I really appreciate it. And without you, I wouldn't have, have the ability to have today's conversation, which I am super excited about. And I have to give a huge thanks, of course, to the lovely Gina Manning, who has set this up for us. Um, and I'm going to give her all the credit in the world. She is the one that introduced me to Big Black Delta. So let's be, let's be real about it. Um So get ready and get ready for this show because I'm going to do this show in a strange and different way I think what I'm going to do is really cut up this interview because I want you guys to really absorb this music I want you guys to love this music so uh, strap yourselves in because it's going to be this interview and it's going to be a lot of different tracks from Big Black Delta some of my favorite tracks from Big Black Delta Um, and I may just let some of them run in their entirety because I think they're so fucking great Um, and it's my show and I'll do what I want (laughs) (laughs) um but uh yeah so without further ado today it's really important that you grab those noise canceling headphones make sure that they are of good quality unless you're riding in the car then crank it up but most of us can't right now so get those noise canceling headphones strap yourself in for the sonic assault that is big black delta on the brand new amazing episode of in love with the process
1: There's no need.
0: So, hey, John, thanks for being on the show, my friend.
2: Uh, humbled to be here, bud.
0: Um, very excited uh, to actually be able to sit down and have this chat with you. Uh, I've been a huge fan of your shit for, I don't know, man, a couple of years now. Um,
2: huge and years. I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I stumbled across, I forget, I don't know if, I forget how I stumbled across your first album, but when I listened to it, I just loved it the uh just the pure electronic cinematic sound and i'm such a huge obviously i'm a huge blade runner nerd i'm a huge uh you know new retro wave kind of nerd and your stuff just sort of fit in there and sort of felt new and fresh and i I fucking loved it man it
2: was really great thank you dude thank you
0: that's the only gushing you're gonna get out of me for this show (laughs) (laughs) cool man um but uh for the audience that uh, hasn't heard you yet, doesn't um, hasn't been introduced to you yet, um, how did you how did you get into where did it start for you for music? Like, how'd you get into music?
2: I'm always, you know, grew up in a musical family. Uh, my father was a musician. Uh, when I graduated high school, I left home. I went to music school. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that stuff too much because it's just so cliche like sure um, sure so a lot of my story is a bon jovi song in a sense so but it uh <laughs> i've always i have a uh, synesthesia or however you people like to pronounce synesthesia i don't know and music mm-hmm. is the easiest way of coupling that you know because i can when i i can see the shapes and the colors of what, of the sounds that I make. And then when I'm doing that, it's kind of Wild. like the, the equivalent of like, you know, when you meditate or something, the frontal lobe turns off and you're just existing. And, you know, I'm, I'm horribly athletic, man. Fucking just so bad. And, and I tried, tried, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and music was the thing that was like the safest thing to do and um, and if you have an awkward childhood you can spend a lot of time by yourself just practicing
0: oh nice yeah well that makes sense i mean i i kind of understand that too for me it was more of a visual thing and i ended up being someone that was trying to translate the stuff that i saw in my head with light and with lenses and so
2: i mean well, what uh, you do is 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 i mean i i've only produced videos and stuff like that but putting that all the fucking together is just wow the variables that's what always gets me the, the just the one thing you could you could have the most amazing thing but if you guys do the sound wrong
0: yeah totally dude
2: and then it, then, then it's a joke you know
0: it's a it's a fucking joke it's, it's so funny because we spend so much time obsessed with visuals And, you know, I can go on a tangent on this, but we spend so much time obsessed with visuals and we spend so much time obsessed with technology and capturing visuals. And you could shoot something with the best fucking camera and the best fucking lighting, and if it sounds like shit, it's a fucking joke. That's what Instagram
2: has shown me. Because, I mean, you get a lot of these, like, just uh, pixelated, homemade, a lot of just dumb shit, but people put music to it, Mm -hmm. and it gives you pause. You're like, oh, that's, that's nice. And so it's just like yeah you know that's uh if you if you're gonna talk about especially music you know the old anecdote of star wars you know before the Mm -hmm. score was on it everybody was like we're fucked
0: (laughs) well it's the same thing with jaws you know it's like the fucking the fucking shark won't come out of the water how are we gonna scare people and he's just like uh john williams please save my ass and he did right uh it's it's i think it has a lot to do with the fact that Maybe, maybe it's because we're all trained to a certain extent after reading and reading books and being able to paint pictures in our head and sort of live in those pictures in our head as we're sort of sorting through words. Um, I think the audience can kind of do the same thing as long as you set the rules. So if you come out and you do fucking Blair Witch and it looks like shit, but you're like, that's the rules of this, of this world that you're in. Well,
2: wearing. Blair Witch worked because of my favorite rule, which is negative space. Like my favorite paintings are mostly negative space. My favorite food, you know, Mm -hmm. it's it's always the simplest shit, you know, a hot dog or some shit like that. It's negative space. And I've found, especially now, since generally, generationally speaking, all of us uh, process more data in a day than somebody 300 years ago did their entire lifetime. That negative space is the new entertainment. It's the new uh, release
1: Mm-hmm. do you get
2: what i'm saying and so if Kinda. you if you if you if you give people space to put their own thing on it
0: oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. you
2: don't you don't beat their head over you know what i mean like you don't uh you you know what i mean you just fucking give give them just enough to let them take over um not only is it not patronizing the the the, the consumer if you will is like Thank you, but it's just a lot less work on your end, (laughs) you know?
0: It's great that you actually bring that up because I've, this is something that I've learned through doing the shorts. I actually prefer movies that don't answer all the questions. And it's a battle when you're trying to make it. Like, I'm in the process now of trying to get two features off the ground and we're talking to studios and execs and all no, that. Bless you, me. my son. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it's always a fight because you go into those spaces and someone's reading it off the page and they're like, uh, what's the backstory? And who's this thing? And what is this creature where does it come from and what is the origin and what is the mythos and what is the mythology and it's like none of that fucking matters all that matters is that i'm giving you the emotion that i'm feeling in this space and then you can plug all that stuff and maybe we'll hint at it maybe we'll throw some some little nuggets out there for you to start talking about it and and, and having that bit but it's better if an audience walks out of a film or like that that's what's really great about music an audience can walk out of that, and it's better if they don't know all the answers, and then they're trying to put those pieces together, and then that conversation continues. Longer.
2: You can you can see that right now how powerful that inclination for humans are by like how many people are falling for conspiracy theories right now. The, for sure. the human mind is a is a computer built for pattern recognition, and since we don't mm-hmm. live in the jungle anymore and everybody's got their food, uh, they just look for patterns everywhere. And so, like as an artist. That's why I love Rothko or, or a Richter painting that's just colors because you mm-hmm. can sit there and be like, what, that is? what does it mean, bro? <laughs> you, know, you know, like, <laughs> as opposed to yeah. if, if you get, like, you know, somebody that does an ultra-realistic oil canvas painting where you're just like, God, this is perfect, but I'd still rather hang the Rothko on the wall. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, totally, man. Cause it, to that's,
2: of the question- you know what? That is the difference between the first matrix and the other two matrices. The first one was just like... negative space and the next two were just like oh shit we got all these new toys let's show the new toys
0: I don't think they were prepared I think ultimately it's just just
2: unfair it was just unfair anytime you got something that fucking big
0: dude Dude it's like It's like being in a, Like a music act That gets famous Like at a young age And you come out And you have that album That's amazing And you're what 17, 18 years old And it's like
2: yeah. How the fuck And you then you've got every, would... every neck beard On the planet Just being like This is gonna suck And then you know That's yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Totally man <laughs> um, Yeah So I
0: So I love that about And that makes a lot of sense Knowing your music And listening to your music That you like that Because Uh, one of the things I love about your stuff is that it's very cinematic to me. And so I like to close my eyes and listen to your stuff and, and picture worlds and picture places and see things. And that's one of the reasons why I was really drawn to it. And I've always been, I think it's because I'm an editor myself. I've always been drawn to people that actually put together an emotional journey with whatever they're making, whether it's food or whether it's movies or whether it's music Um, and I've always got that out of what you do, uh, it always felt like a movie score.
2: a lot man um it's something that i've had to learn the wrong way i mean i'm i just turned 41 so it's just like on a mountain of failure i finally got i finally got it which is the golden rule but in the art world which is just be of service most of us as artists Mm -hmm. we we start out and we want we have this i'll show you attitude every dude every girl I've ever met. It's just like, look, I'm going to show them how bad I am. I'm going to show, I'm going to ch- check out this, check out that. Yeah. And, and that is a different uh, wave probability cloud to live in than I just want to be of service. So when you're making decisions, whether it be on set, or even more importantly, when you're writing the script, instead of trying to show off how great you are, um, mm-hmm. it's coming from like, how can I make this moment the best that I can? And when you come from those places, technically, usually you don't need as much. Uh, so there's a lot more negative space. But I found that people respond uh, kind of like, thankfully, how you're talking about my music, where you're just like, hey, this, I use this. I actually use this to close my eyes and listen to it and mm-hmm. go somewhere. And it's just like, that's why I'm here after meditation and therapy in a bunch of years. It's not to show how big my dick is. It's it's about to be like, as a euphemism, of course, um, how can I be of service? How can I make whatever room I'm in cooler at that time?
0: It's it's cool, man, because <clears throat> I, I've said this before about music in general. I, I almost feel like music is like this emotional sponge. It's a almost like a time capsule device where – um, music stores memories to a certain extent. And
2: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It, it's really fascinating, especially as you get older, because um, one of my I'm turning 42 this year. Um, especially as you get older and you start to hear tracks, and you start to reference childhood stuff, and you, my brain, like I try to go back, and I have a lot of trouble remembering like pre-teens as far as like my youth is concerned, unless I listen to a certain song. And I'll or hear smell a certain or song. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it just unlocks that like deep fucking vaulted, you know, security deposit box in your brain where you're like, "Fuck, right, 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 right." That's I have that. a theory
2: about that, you know, because I think that that's probably around puberty that true self of you
1: mm-hmm.
2: either got beat up, got made fun of, something wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and, and, yeah, and yeah. around that time, that's when the monster drinking teenage bro takes over. The guy that just says everything sucks. And you can't enjoy everything. You know, you know what I mean? Like and he runs the karaoke show, so to speak. And and most of us let that guy run us for the rest of our lives. And and those moments when you get psychosomatically unlocked, cancel that dude out. And you're that eight-year-old again that who's just innocent, that doesn't want to hurt anybody, who just likes fucking cereal and, and colors, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And it's yeah, it's a difficult that self-critic whilst it helped you survive puberty and your early twenties will destroy you.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah Moving on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, that's true. It's so true. And I think a lot of, I know I can just listening to that. I, I know I can place the moments where that happened with me. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners can too. And especially, uh, especially being a, a man, especially being a guy. For because our
2: generation could... where it was like, you couldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. You're not allowed to feel certain emotions. You're not allowed to do specific things, man. I'm I, yeah,
2: like, I'm, for, I'm 41. And in the last three years through heavy psychotherapy and medication have begun to address and unwork those things and mm-hmm. seeing how, how damaging they are, you know,
0: it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. And it's that whole, like, how do you, how do you come out of, because I I grew up in a pretty great family. So I have nothing to complain about as far as that's concerned. And we were pretty tight knit and closely closed off. Um, But then you'd go out into the regular world. And it's like, how do you take
2: same, same, same you you have that
0: personality in the house, and then that personality has to go out into the woods with the wolves, you know, so like, how do how do I run with the pack?
2: And especially if you do, you know, like, if you're lucky enough to have a loving parents. And 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 yeah, and you go out in the real world, and you, you 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 get smacked in the face for the first time. Luckily, that kind of shit happened to me when I was young, because um, mm-hmm. I'd rather happen when I was twelve than thirty. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally, dude, totally. But yeah, you
2: no. And it, without without, and our dads didn't have manuals. You know, like my dad's dad was an abusive alcoholic that died before. That That called my dad a fag all the time, do you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah
2: um, and 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 he didn't know, I mean, and he just because of chance and everything, turned out to be a really fucking nice dude, and raised me very kindly and lovingly, and then like then you go out in the world and then you meet you meet that monster, monsters, and you're like, oh shit, I'm not ready for this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck
0: yeah yeah it's it's crazy to see. And I, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's crazy to see how that affects, like coming out of your family system, because I'm pretty similar. My dad ended up being like one of the most supportive and gentlest people. And he came from a place of violence when he was younger. And um and then being exposed into a world where most people, like I'd say 75% of my friends, all their, their parents were divorced and their parents didn't have the time for them and didn't do this sort of stuff. And then watching how that has shaped the generation that came after us, which is what, like Gen Y or whatever the fuck it was. And then you get into the new generation, which is like the overcompensation in the other direction. It's it's, as a species, we're just so fucking wacky on like, like, it's like we don't necessarily learn anything we 're always just reacting to things and overreacting to things and the it's completely shifting from the left to the right to the left to the right. it's like guys, can we just slow down and sit in the middle here and look around and see what works? You know what i mean
2: yeah i mean I mean that would totally make sense, but then to be not to go on in another tangent, but like <laughs> um, when when peop when the when the world is in disharmony uh that's the best time to make money, you know and so it's like yeah uh, I think most what you 're seeing right now is most real human beings are like i i can 't do this anymore i can 't be like this. we need to figure this out and we 're seeing that like the late stage capitalistic structures that we have are trying their best to not allow it that 's why those commercials are fucking hysterical where you 're just like i 'm getting emails from plug in companies, audio companies going like we know you're going through stuff with COVID. (laughs) It's kind of like that that, that South Park thing where he's like, we're sorry, sorry, sorry. And you're just like, guys, this is, oh my God, it's all fucking wrong. And so that there has to be some kind of combination where there is capitalistic structure, but with a human uh, governor somewhere to keep it from crossing into this mechanical joke.
1: Um, Yeah. I
2: mean, not to get into politics and we're not going to, uh, but it's just... Fuck! Where did we go? Where did we start from?
1: (laughs) Well, let me, let me, Liam, shut the fuck
2: up already. (laughs) Yeah, that's my bad. Sorry, guys. (laughs) If if you could see the graph here, it's like Liam is completely flatlined, and then they're right in the middle. It's just like, sorry, guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You mean while he's sitting over there just stewing and kicking the wall because he wants to talk
2: about this stuff?
0: Uh, You're not allowed to, Liam. Not on this show this is a controlled this is a controlled environment my friend it's- <laughs> um well let's let me steer this ship back a little bit and um let's talk about you know let's talk about movies and shit man like cool. it's obvious it's obvious do you that see the you- hunt which
2: one's the hunt the, the the newest one with the lady from glow as the main woman and they hunt. Oh,
0: no, I've seen. I haven't been able to watch that yet. I saw the ads for that. but I am ba-
2: jealous you get to see it for the first time. Is it great? Is it good? I I'm, I can't be more hyperbolic about how much I love this movie. It's, it's oh. good. What it's done to this woman is what, like, uh, Die Hard did for Bruce Willis.
0: Okay. All right, man. I will totally watch that shit. And it's been on my list. Um. But, you know, the fucking list is so goddamn huge right now because there's just so much shit to watch. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy sort of weaving my... Like, I'm still stuck on, like, Atlanta season two. I think I'm on, like, episode three of that. It's not a race.
2: Just enjoy yourself.
0: (laughs) Sometimes I feel like it is, my friend. Sometimes I feel like it is. Um, So you're obviously influenced by
2: cinema. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Like, uh, what what are the big movies that influenced you growing up?
2: Uh, you know, uh, the biggest one is probably uh, Aliens. James Cameron's Aliens. Okay, the second. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, because uh, my family came to the states. My my parents were American, but I was born in Venezuela, and I came here in '86 or '87. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a lot of those memories. Um, so the James Horner score to that, I. I just know, like, the back of my hand.
0: It's amazing, dude. It's amazing.
2: And that movie, still today, if it was released today, just as is, um, would still kick everybody's nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. I
1: totally. uh,
2: love uh, Lawrence of Arabia.
1: hmm. hmm.
2: For every reason. Mm hmm i love this question because it's just we could go on for fucking ever
0: dude that's part of the show it's fine there's no rules on this fucking show we can go deep into this and whoever's listening if you get bored go fuck yourself it doesn't uh, matter
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo it's my patchy and go fuck yourself
1: that's right
2: suckmydick.com uh, robocop paul werhoven hey have you actually speaking of which it's on amazon prime is mm-hmm. Paul Verhoeven's Black Book. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah, it's cool, man.
2: It is. Oh, it's a fucking masterpiece.
0: It's cool. And then um, did you see uh, they were trying to be RoboCop, and it was okay. Did you see uh, what the fuck? Hold on. It just went right out of my brain. It was the one where the dude gets the chip put in the back of his neck and his body takes over for him. It was.
2: Um, yes, the dude from the, 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 the Prometheus. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan uh, Marshall Green is in it. And yeah. it's uh,
2: an amazing upgrade, yeah, upgrade, upgrade, yeah, yeah. upgrade. Every time I, the problem is, is I think of Maya Rudolph in Idioc- Idiocracy when she's like, upgrade. Oh, <laughs> so like every time I see that, I think that, but that movie, except for the name, is I think a fucking genius piece of fucking work. The score is brilliant.
0: Yeah, it's great, dude.
2: The fight scenes when, when, when the autonomy of uh, the AI takes over. And he's just, yep. like, watching it. Uh, no, I loved every every little piece of that movie.
0: Uh, dude, I love the tone in that movie. And I just had this conversation the other day. Because, like I said, we're in the process right now. I'll talk offline about it with you. But we're in the process right now trying to get these things sold. And I just heard through... Because everybody's sort of pontificating. Whenever you put movies out there to try to get them picked up, everybody's sort of pontificating on why it takes so fucking long for it to happen. Which is the most annoying fucking thing. Anyway... Um, But uh, someone was saying to me the other day that studios are allergic to directors that like to create tone. And that's a big thing. And apparently uh, if you're a director that likes to create a sense of tone, like if you're um, what's his name who did Mandy Panos Cosmatos, if you're, if you're any of these other directors that have influenced any of us um, as creators, uh, but you are someone that that
2: that guy specifically has like a production company that he just works with. Right.
0: No, so he got picked up so he did I think the first one which was Beyond the Black Rainbow, did you see that one? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was independently released. And then he got found and uh produced by Elijah Woods company Spectrovision.
2: Yeah, that them. Yes.
0: Yes. They're great. They're great. That's all I could say in the air.
2: They're so it's great. like if, if 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 like you get a team that like believes in you at one of those places
0: then you and if you're doing it on an independent film level, then it's then it's fine. Which but is then, what
2: considered what, like two million, three million?
0: Yeah. So you have to be and the, the strange thing is that a lot of studios are quote unquote doing things with their subsidiary companies as an independent, but they're doing the same thing, which is first time directors have to be under two million, but independent is still considered under ten Copy. stuff. Right. And so for him, he went and he made that piece with Spectrovision, which was an independent released I think it was actually financed by M. I forget the full name of the company, which is like a fan finance company. Um, And that one fucking murdered. That killed. Like uh, Mandy killed. It was amazing. And then, uh, you know, I'll go into rooms at like uh, big studios and sit with execs in studios and just go like what do you think of Mandy? And then we'll sit there and they'll be like, well, fucking, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, it's an amazing fucking movie. And it's like an influential movie and everything he's doing is really fantastic in it. How come you're not hiring him to do the next thing? They're like,
2: Because he doesn't make money. I mean, that's the thing is that like, these guys guys aren't there for art, bro. Like, they're there because they have mortgages and they have BMWs and they have kids that are going to go to college and stuff like that. And it's just like, you, you ask why movies take so long and it's just, it." It's, it's just human. Um, what, what would the board be? Incompetent bureaucracy, which all of us are susceptible to. Yeah, you it's know? true.
0: It's true. And then putting your neck out on the line, and who's, who's going to put their neck
2: oh out? Oh, my God. I mean, how, how scary. That to me is a scary existence, right? You got this chick that you're married to that's probably out of your league. You have two kids, right? And they're, yep. they're, in, they're in private school, and your mortgage is probably 15 grand a month. You know, all this fucking shit and you got to work in the hardest business on the planet. I mean being yeah. a filmmaker I, it, I I can't think besides being I guess a mercenary is just like and so so like those dudes will never and it's not their fault it's just the system that's placed on top of it. That's why you were saying that like, you know, they're scared of dudes that that have their own thing going until that thing makes money and then they're like Oh, we always need to make it, and I'm glad that that you're an, you're an editor and you get and you understand every one of these fucking things because the future is is that you're going to have to do 85% of everything, and if something goes to like like to big theaters or whatever, they'll give you an extra 1.5 million to re-edit it or re-get sound or something like that. But like the, the future right. now is that you've got to make it and you've got to get people interested, and and they're banks. Shitty banks.
1: Yeah. Next to Shitty Walk. (laughs) 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 That's a South Park. That's not racism, guys. (laughs)
0: it's time it's time to take the break it's time to uh give a big thanks to the men and women that make this show possible um i want to give some shout outs to our sponsors and i want to give some more shout outs to you guys i keep thanking you on the show because i'm just really happy that you guys are fucking listening you know what i mean thank you thank you for fucking listening thank you for choosing us weekly and the numbers show it you guys are choosing us and for the newcomers that come listen like this may be your first episode go back and listen to all the other episodes um and if i know it can be kind of daunting because you look at our lineup on apple podcasts and you're like wow what the fuck is this this is like episode 85 or episode 83 or wherever we are holy shit where do i go well go to our website go to inlovewiththeprocess.com there i've curated the episodes by subject material so if you want to listen to just directors, I've got all the director's episodes separated. If you want to listen to cinematographers, if you want to listen to musicians, if you want to listen to chefs, uh, it's all organized in a neat way, a neat, easy way, uh, so that you can choose the episodes that you want to hear. Um, and if you're like, well, do I have to listen to stuff in order? You can go back and listen to the first episode if you want to hear me set this whole thing up. Um, And I promise this isn't like a Marvel comic book series where like we just put out randomly, reboot the thing, and it's like, episode number one again. No, 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 no. There's continuity. There's definitely some continuity here. So go back and start at the first episode, but then jump around. It's totally fine. Uh, You'll hear me referencing things that I really want to have happen, and then they do happen. So it's an interesting sort of journey. Um, And if we're at like 80, I don't know what episode this is ultimately going to be, but if this is like 84 or 85... It's like 85 hours worth of content, at least. At least. Some of the episodes are pretty long. So, enjoy them. That is our love letter to you. That is my love letter to you. That is uh, why I started the show, is I really wanted to give back, but I also wanted to hang out with you guys and with these guests. So, thank you. And thanks to the sponsors. So, first up, our good buddies over at Puget Systems. If you are a musician... If you're a sound engineer, if you are a filmmaker, photographer, and your computer is just not cutting it, it just doesn't have the power that you need, I highly suggest you save some cash and you look into building a PC. Now, there are some of you out there who can build your own PCs, but there are a lot of people out there that are like, look, I don't want to deal with that shit. I just want something to show up in a box that I can open and turn on and start and get to work. I don't blame you. And I did all the work for you guys, because I was in that position a few years ago. It was like, where do I get a good PC? Who can I trust? I don't want a fucking Dell, okay? Uh, So I found these guys, Puget Systems. Awesome company, family-owned company. They actually build amazing PCs, custom-built for the software you use, okay? So like, if you're someone that is just primarily building a Premiere system, if you're someone that's primarily building an Audition system whatever it is that you're looking to do, these guys have beta tested all the different pieces of hardware out there. They know what works and they know what doesn't. They know what combinations work best. So go to pugetsystems.com there, choose a base system based upon base level system, based upon the software you use. Um, and then they want to hear from you so you can reach out to them and talk to them and say, look, this is what I got. This is what I need. This is what I want and they will help you do that. And I know there's a lot of people listening to the show that aren't from the US, right? And you're bummed out because Puget doesn't ship internationally. Well, they're trying to change things. What they're doing now is they're offering up a consultation. It's like a $500 minimum consultation where you can talk to them and they will help you build your own PC. That is like a Puget system. Dude, that's a great thing, especially for those of you who build PCs and you want to Just have validation in what it is that you know. Hey, does this hardware actually do what I think it does? Because most of the time we're trying to navigate the fucking trades that come out that are put out by the people manufacturing shit. Here's the newest and greatest fucking thing. We need to sell it. we got a warehouse full of these fucking things. Uh, It works perfectly. And the thing that's great about Puget is that they don't manufacture hardware. They build machines. So they're always looking for the best thing, they're always looking for the cheapest way to do it, um, and they're looking for stuff that works. I can't say enough great things about these guys, they have been nothing but wonderful to me and to the show. Please, click on the link below, go visit PugetSystems.com. Also up, good buddies over at Quasar Science, one of the best advancements in cinema in the past 10 years has been LED lighting. And the leaders, one of the leaders in it, is Quasar Science. If you're someone that's looking for something new for your light kit, if you're looking for something that is versatile, something that doesn't require a lot of power, something that you can program, something that you can use and you, and you don't need a lot of space, uh, definitely go to Quasar Science. I have people asking me all the time, Mike, what kind of lights do you have in your kit? I've got a bit of everything, but I've got quite a few Quasar tubes and I love them. So go to quasarscience.com to check them out. Also, I want to give a big shout out to Industry Jump, Industry Jump uh, on Instagram and industryjump.com. It is a great community of filmmakers, a great community that is trying to help directors, trying to help shooters, trying to help crew find work and get jobs, especially at this time period. And it's a great place to find mentors. So if you're not getting what you need from me, because you're like, I like to talk to people that don't say fuck. Then you might want to go over to Industry Jump. So go check them out. Nice guys. Pumped about our collaboration that we have together. Um, And then while we're talking about it, because uh, we really haven't been talking about his music much on the show, I highly, highly, highly suggest you go to BigBlackDelta.com. There you'll be able to check out all his albums. He has a brand new LP on the way. I think it comes out in July. But his first two singles are fucking fantastic. Uh, his latest single, Lord Only Knows, which just recently came out, uh, actually is a, a really cool sound for him because it it's like an old 80s metal riff on an electronic track. I fucking love it. I'm really excited about this new album. Uh, but please, go check him out. Go support him. Like I said, it's uh, bigblackdelta.com. There you'll be able to see some of his music videos. Um, and then you'll also be able to look at merch. He's got some really cool fucking merch, guys. So... Support, support the artists that you love, especially independent artists like John. You got to support him. All right, that's it. Let's get back into it. Let's get existential with John from Big Black (laughs) Delta. Yeah, no, it's crazy, and it's it's wild to see. And I guess this comes back to the music industry too. It's wild to see how the film industry is is sort of slowly following what happened with the music industry, oh, yeah. and then the and the, and then in the music industry, it's fascinating because there was a period of time where, regardless of labels, always were stealing from people and dealing with all that kind of bullshit. But there was a time where production value for albums and and, and budgets for albums were a lot bigger. And then because of that, you had shit like Led Zeppelin and all these, these, these groups that did that kind of stuff. Do you think now, do you think the music business is in better shape now than it used to be? Or do you think that there's no, there
2: is no music business. Like there's Uh apps, like it's, it's, it's a wasteland. Like, um, so, you know, I, I am, my manager is more of a business partner and, with Big Black Delta, which, you know, I, I had other projects that were on majors. I've experienced every cliche that you can think of, you know, including the cigar chomping dude in the limo. I'm not <laughs> yeah. kidding, you know? We were like, we got to set this up for autonomy, and it took us about six years. But, like, I own my own label, and I essentially lease my publishing. Um, because now, if, if you look at the deals that are, quote-unquote, deals that, like, Major com- corporations are handing out to artists. It's an it's mm-hmm. it's. I can't use uh, the word slavery right now because of current events. I think it's wrong. But but you get what I'm saying. Um, it's it's yeah. it's almost illegal. It would be consistently illegal in the past. And their attitude, which is a very American way of negotiating, is just like you're lucky to be here. Take it or leave it
0: all the time with both businesses on our business too you're welcome hey can i please 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 work for free on this yes you can
2: okay you're welcome you're you're just lucky to be here which is like true to a certain sense but um like the problem with that is that really good stuff doesn't get made um Hmm. it's usually formulaic or whatever and i get that because these companies need to make money and there's just less money to be had um but that leaves an opening in a new um, market which is the the self the guy that just like here it is you don't need to make a movie that 100 million people watch if you can get 50,000 people to really dig a movie that took you a year to make and, and continue you know the goal is not the goals you had for yourself in the, in the 90s
0: right no totally
2: I call it 90s brain, because especially guys like you and I at our age, right? Because we grew up at the height of of poshness, bro. Like, you know, it was the first Mm -hmm. time in history in the 90s everybody had air conditioning, they had new clothing every year, Uh, video games, like even, you know what I mean? It was, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and we read books that were fucking wrong, that were lies about how these guys came up and then one day I had this idea, I was looking at a toothbrush and boom, I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you know is bullshit. Yeah. And we grew up with these archetypes. It's the same thing in music that we've all been trying to live up to and and they they're impossible. It doesn't work that way. A lot of this business yours and mine is just fucking chaos. It's just being at the right yeah. place at the right time. And that doesn't sell stories and you have to get rid of these old archetypes that you're trying to live up to and just be like, why am I on this fucking planet? I mean, that basic. And mine is just, I just want to make cool shit because when I'm making it, it's fun. And when it's cool shit and other people like me for it, I like that. I like love. Who doesn't like love?
0: Amen, man. Amen on both those fronts. And, and, if,
2: you, and if you keep it simple there, even when shit sucks, you still got something. Mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, I don't, you know, you get where I'm going with this punky Brewster. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah, man, it, 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 that's what this fucking show is all about. It's, it's essentially making sure that we're not trying to prove to other people like th- why are you doing it are you doing this to get on stage and go look what i fucking did or are which you doing is, which this which
2: in itself is good too like it's any any reason that you have is valid to get up there and fucking take on this thing you know what i mean uh, i i used to date uh, a girl who's a director and she did her first film uh which she wrote and, and being a woman i mean fuck i remember on set just like things that would never happen where the dp would double guess her the fucking <sighs> gaffer would be like I don't know if that's right I mean just shit like that it's just everybody has to eat a shit sandwich yeah and so like you're going you're gonna need a real reason to go through all this stuff Mm -hmm. fame fame and fortune is not going to be enough you have to really like what you're doing you Mm -hmm. know
0: yeah and I mean and I don't know if it's the same in your business but in our business it takes so fucking long it takes so fucking long to actually get the finished product done to actually get to that point you're talking like eight years nine years ten years you know what was george miller nine years before he got fury road out like it takes that long
2: yeah because you you have to get people that aren't in your same wavelength to all of a sudden get something and that's just that's what i'm saying about like you know making movies is just uh it's no fucking joke man it is no joke it's like being a doctor you have to understand about 17 different systems very well
0: yeah 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 and 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 the only way to stay sane through that whole process though is to make sure that you are loving your daily thing
2: yeah i love this story i can't wait to make this fucking story i can't wait to make this shot i see it in my head so fucking clear it's and then and then it happens and you're like this is why i'm alive you know what i mean and
0: yeah, 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 yeah. That moment's really great, actually. When you finally get there and you're sitting on SAD and if you're looking at a monitor or, or looking through the camera and you just... I mean,
2: remember when you couldn't monitor, like, immediately? Yes, and yes. it was just like, now you can play it back and be like, and and show it to everybody, and then everybody gets it. You're no longer speaking in this weird term. You're like, you see that right there? And everybody's like, I, now I understand, you know. Yeah, those moments are the best.
0: That's why, like, first, and, and to get even nerdier about it, that's why
2: I first you know, first scenes that you shoot are really important. They set the tone of the whole production. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You got to pick it. You got to pick it wisely. Cause then people are like, ah, and you go, okay, everybody shut up now. Let's go to work. Like we right, got now, it
2: right now. Now, now, my word means something. So I, won't-
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you know, what's so funny about it is that your, your word only means something until that's done. And then for some reason your word doesn't mean anything again. <laughs> so like it's this consistent battle of being like, Hey, remember this? Yeah. But, what are you doing now? And you're like, oh, okay, so you've you're over that now? Okay, all right. Well, what
2: am I doing next? I mean, that, this is why I play all my instruments, bro. It's just like I can get there faster.
0: I was going to ask you about that because you went from being in a full band to doing stuff on your own, and then um, which kind of blew my mind because your production value before I knew that your production value feels like it's fucking huge. Thanks, man. And I. I ended up I saw you play in Boston years ago. Gina took me cuz she was a big fan of you I think before me. So Gina took me uh and we saw you on stage and I forget where it was, but it was just you on stage and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I watched you like basically piece these songs together on your own and I was just like, "Holy shit." Cuz when you listen to the album and I just really was as purely innocent as I possibly could be listening to your stuff. And I was like, this is huge. Like this is going to be a big fucking show. And I went and I saw it and it was you on stage doing it. And I was like, fuck, that's awesome.
2: Um, when this is what we were talking about earlier, it's just like, I mean, what I hear in my head, uh, you know, require, will require 15 people. And it's like, I, I, I could spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how to get those 15 people. Or I can condense, down to what it what is it that you're trying to do here boss and it's just like again i'm just trying to make the room better i can't afford Mm -hmm. 15 people uh it's just you Dan. get up there and do it you know what i mean and then it's like you know and then the fear is again it's that monster drinking 13 year old critic right that he's going to be in the back of the room being like this sucks right (laughs) yeah Yeah, of course and, and that happens but then the trick is, is that you learn how to make that part of the show and then you make him an idiot and everybody loves you even more and it's just kind of like surfing and learning that like, you know, bef- you, I'm sure there's a film in your head that you know is going to be minimum $200 million to make.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you going to spend the rest of your life trying to find that $200 million, or are you going to make shit in the meantime? And it's that kind of attitude of like... You know, because I've had, you know, I've, I've also had a 12-piece band at certain shows, and, and that's fun, too. Um, but I had to get to that point where I could afford it. And so, yeah. the, so the, when I went out at first, it was just me and a light show that I programmed myself. That, you know what I mean? Because none of these things existed at the time. And try to enjoy that In, instead of viewing it as like, God, I have to do this.
0: <laughs> but it makes sense because then when you go through and you listen to your albums, uh, as you've progressed, there's something really nice knowing that now, being someone that was able to see you do that, something really nice knowing that and and hearing you working on these things on your own and hearing you put these things together, at least in my cinematic mind, I see you doing this stuff. It's like, okay, so this is kind of how this this sound comes to be now. This is what Big Black Delta is now, is is you sort of working these things in your own space. And, then, and if you happen to collaborate with someone like Debbie Gibson or whoever that you're bringing in, it just feels like, in a, like, a, like a power up on something that's already really strong and very sort of concentrated.
2: You know then i've been sitting here pontificating all day long but like the real source is just like you don't matter like yeah like and i and i don't say that glumly or with depression there's there's a lot of freedom in that concept i mean a lot of beautiful freedom if i say to you that like dude yes there are people that love you but like matter meaning these are human created terms you know physics and math doesn't think that way. And we live in a physical, mathematically based realm. I'm not discounting the spiritual by any means. I'm just saying that that, we don't have a language for that. And, um, you don't matter. So like, you know, there was a part of me that's like, you can't go out there and just stand up there with a mic. But then Mm -hmm. when you're like, but dude, you don't fucking matter. Who gives a shit? Then you're allowed to do whatever you want. And, 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 the number one thing I see with my artist friends or people that I know that make art for a living is that whatever they hit a wall or something happens, it's just because it matters too much.
1: Mm. It's, true. And,
2: it's true. And making something matter doesn't mean you don't res- respect it more. It's, I mm. don't know if that makes sense.
0: Because uh, you're, 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 you're putting too much weight on it. and You're putting too much emotional weight on it.
2: And it's unfair to the self, you know?
0: Yeah. And dude, that comes with age. I th- and if you're, you know, if you're someone that is actually self-examining where you are and how you get there and what you did wrong and how to fix that next time, then that comes with age, I think. And and you yeah. sort of hit this point where you start to have people die, and you start to have things change, and you start to have death become part of your life, and 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 then you're like, it doesn't really matter. I mean, for me, it was when I almost died on a because of the head injury that mm. I had. So. Like at that moment where you're just like, okay. And it, it's, I think a lot have, of people... Have you
2: been able to hold on to that?
0: Yeah. I think it's tough, obviously, because then you... Because you're so pure when you come out
2: of no, that. Yeah, 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 You know what I mean?
0: And it's so pure and it's so strong. It's like a beam of light that's, that's there. And then you're just sort of slow. It's like it's like a bunch of like the monkeys around you start to get on you and start to pound it down. And you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's this thing. That's really great. And, and by that, I mean like our system and how our system works and like take this great idea and, and how do you make money with it? And how do you, how do you pay your bills and how do you do all this sort of right. stuff And that, right. that sort of pounds it away a little bit. But at the end of the day, that pure, that pure thought is still there where it's like, okay, I'm on my deathbed. How am I, how am I looking at my life? And like, what are the most important aspects of my life? Is it the pillars? Is it the, the shit that I've accomplished? Or is it the path? And was the path more interesting than right. the pillars were? And what, what is more rewarding? And it's fascinating the things. I me- I remember sitting and getting a CAT scan and just sort of sitting in that booth and having that machine pound you. And I remember tasting metal as it did so.
2: And it was wow. very strange probably because it was it was it was it was at the mri yeah it was an mri dude. so the magnetic field was so strong that it was probably iron
0: yeah it was crazy it was crazy, and they're were like tasting you know, yeah and they're like you're not supposed to that's not supposed to happen i'm like well i don't know what to tell you i'm literally i'm tasting it's it feels like i've got you know nickels in my in my mouth here wow. uh, and it was it was nuts and i remember sitting in that space and just sort of processing everything and and then just going like what makes me happy like what is it that makes me happy, and what are these memories and i I was just pulling out all these rando fucking memories, these random things that happen for me now. I think I have the same sort of equivalent if like Gina gives me a head scratch or if like i have like I wake up in the morning and the and like i I have a smell or something, and I just have like these random really beautiful memories,
2: yeah that like
0: that kick in and, and then you're like, these are the fucking things that are going to be there before the lights go out. Okay. And so then you understand that while you're living after that point, you're like paying more attention to these random, like sitting outside and seeing how the wind blows to the trees and, and the way it smells out there. And then looking over and seeing somebody reacting to them. It's like, okay, this is probably going to (laughs) be whatever safety deposit box is, is going to open at the end. This is going to
2: probably be in there. And you start to
0: understand that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. You, you, you zoom in, and, you know, it's what people call presence. Mm-hmm. I, I get that now, you know, but, you know, when you're younger, you, you, obviously you don't. But, yeah, when you're truly present. I, I bought a fuck ton of bird feeders from my backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the amount of old man joy that I get out of this. <laughs> no, I'm, not, you know, drinking a cup of coffee and just watching these dudes and just being completely present, hearing every sound and there, and it's, it's a vacation from the self and necessary, you know? I love it, man. And I think that it's almost a shame
0: that we spend so much time glorifying youth. And I get it. I get It's easier to sell things to people that don't know. I get it. But we spend so much time like really sort of glorifying youth. And, and there's a huge population of folks that, Feel like the best time of their life is their high school period and all that shit, and you forget that there's something beautiful about experience, and there's something beautiful about having experienced happiness, having experienced doubt, having experienced uh, heartbreak and loss, and then coming out of the back end of it and being grateful that you did so, um, and then the it, you find sort of the zen. And I, I, I hate using words like zen and shit like that because I always feel like they're packaged
2: in, in a really crappy way. But Yeah, but I get what you mean. Do you know? You,
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you, you, you end up finding, like, what makes you happy. Um, and, and, and even with art and what you were saying about your work and getting to your point with your work, I'm very much the same way, where as a younger artist, I was like, what's my style going to be? You know what I mean? And what yeah, is my there's, voice? There's a,
2: there's a lot of me involved in that and eyes and... And yeah, and when you realize that when you start thinking about not even us, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, the situation, the orchestration, the moment that we're, we're creating here, whether, whether you're editing just a fucking scene or, or, mm-hmm. or it's a song, it's like instead of using this as an opportunity to show off me, I'm going to use this opportunity to make this thing better because that's what I'm here for. And then once you sort of let go of all that stuff, that sense of dis- that
0: that process of discovery is so satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like like finding things is so satisfying. Where I, I know we talk about editing, editing is a prime example of that. Where you go into yeah, a room, I love and you-
2: editing. I love Dude. I love because it's because it's one 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 half of a degree. And now we have a whole new thing that wasn't there before. And I I thought this was supposed to be a joke. Yeah, but watch when I do this. And it's the same thing with mixing songs. It's like it's the exact same fucking thing where you feel like this God, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I'm going to one degree left. Boom. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's this thing. And you're just like, this is a form of mind control, a a nice one, a lovely one. Yep. Yep. You know, yep
0: it's manipulation and it's it's manipulation hopefully with good with good purpose but
2: yeah um, to release dopamine at the end of the day not it, we're all fucking addicted to that jesus not, christ not to get you to buy my thing you know yeah 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 which yeah. by the way is on pre-sale <laughs> black <delta.com. laughs>
0: there's the, there's some of that 90s capitalism coming out of it
2: <laughs> byo <laughs> booyah yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, Ah, but yeah, dude, I love that. I'm happy to hear that you feel the same way because uh, when I'm listening to your tracks, I feel that sense of discovery. Um, And so more often than not, I've been listening to your stuff going like, this must have been a lot of fucking fun to make. Like this track must have been a lot of fun to mix and to find, you know? It is
2: now, it is now. It used to not be, but Yeah
0: what's your now what is your current process do you have a process now like how do you no, how do you get see, started? now i
2: now i don't have one now it's just like you know just fucking fun i mean basically logic pro on a mm-hmm. laptop is my instrument and um yeah man just be a you know because i i i technically know everything i need to know um so that i don't need to be a student a or behave like one, so to speak. You're 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 a student forever. Sure. But like I, I'm not <clears throat> in that mentality, and so it's just uh, no process. But like once something is established, um, it's about you know what is what's the purpose of this song? What 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 wave or or cloud do I want to put around that person? And then, I mean, little tips and tricks. Uh, for the musicians that are listening, you know a big one is don 't look at the screen or hmm. b- bring up a painting of what you think the song it looks like, for example, because if you 're looking at a session with squares that are colored mm-hmm. and the part of you that can 't help but makes things neat and excel like will start doing that, and that will make the music sound a lot like what popular music sounds like today, which is just meme delivery devices under a grid. Because those, those, those sessions look pleasing to the eye. You know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: They're, just, they, they're just these great squares that are placed perfectly. But, you know, messy songs or, let's say, a Dylan song or something like that, it's not going to look like that. And so if you're working as a musician on a DAW, when you're using your eyes, you hear what you see so put on a picture or turn off the monitor and then make your decisions about what the song is or what it means and i can't recommend that enough
0: dude that's the first time i've ever heard that out of a musician that's fantastic that's now, fantastic
2: like, as far as like what's the 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 visual version of that i don't know you know because like God bless the guy that's directing and editing his own movie. <laughs> yeah. Because, but because your objectivity is now yeah. non existent and you're yeah. going on complete instinct and you have no idea.
1: Yeah. It's
0: crazy, dude. It's crazy. The few, When I do both, and I don't prefer to do both, but when I do both. Of course both, not. <laughs> ugh, uh, it's like torture. It's like torturing yourself, it's um, brutal with film and I've talked about this in another episode so I won't get too deep into it but with with filmmaking I break it into steps so for me it's like there like if I'm going to do a project there are four different adventures that I get to go on and four different yeah. adventures that do different things like so there's that prep stage and that sort of discovery stage and that there's no rules there's no budget and you can just sort of sit and play and that stage is a lot of reading it's a lot of researching it's a lot of sketching it's a lot and of and protecting
2: that. and protecting you can't yeah. let anybody in yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so in that stage it's a lot of fun i uh, usually in a really good fucking mood when i'm doing that and then uh you get into pre-production and production and that's just heartbreak time that's just like hey i got all these really great ideas and then everybody's like yeah those ideas are great but you know you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this so then you end up transitioning into like tr- problem-solving mode. Where yeah, it's, it's like, triage. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. My throat's cut and I'm still trying to guide this train through a crowd of people, like how do I, okay. Right. And so then you do that. And then in that you start, it's like going to war. I always say that sets are war and you go and you, you have your different camps and your different people and your different teammates. And you sort of go out to do that. And then you start to form sort of a camaraderie. And then the set experiences themselves start to cloud the film. So then you're just like, this is really fucking great. Because you know all the things that you went through to get that. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then you end up in the edit room. You're like, it's not as great as I remember it being. It's like, oh, wait. I was being affected by the fact that I convinced the location guy who was going to shut us down uh to go get a coffee and i was able to do all these different elements just to get the shot in the fucking folder uh and then you get into edit and edit is like (laughs) you sort of you you have to go through the heartbreaking process of being like all right so i went to war and all i have
2: nothing here that (laughs) works Yeah, all i have to cut something completely new and it wasn't what i (laughs) intended yeah yeah i know i know i know i thought i got that shot what the fuck? We spent yeah. <laughs> I, I, with one a, a video that's about to come out, you know, it, it was I. I'm the principal. I'm dancing in it and I'm producing it on my own label. So it's like uh, I've been there since seven in the morning. It's now about three in the morning, and I'm about to go for my shot. And the producer comes up and he's just like, "How you doing, man?" And I'm and I'm like looking at him, and he's like, "So," and I'm like, "Stop." How how much over and he's like well I think around I'm like how much over around two so I'm like so you mean five yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and then it was like John you ready I'm like yeah be right there you know (laughs) and then the same thing I I came home and I you know uh, uh I didn't edit it uh Warren the director who's just fucking brilliant um but i so I wanted to teach myself, um, premieres. So I, you know, I went through all the footage and, you know, it was like, Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You yeah. know, that, that, that feeling of like all this, yeah. this and this is unusable. What the fuck am I supposed to do now? Warren made a masterpiece and, and he had, you know, luckily he was the director. So thank yeah. Christ. But like, had I had to do what he had to do?
0: Dude, but that's, part of the, that's part of that. That's part of that. That's part of that shit that you learned how to do with music. When you're doing that as a filmmaker, that's
2: compartmentalized, you know?
0: Exactly. And then you hit this point where the older and the longer you've been doing it, the faster you get over the heartbreak, the faster you're, you're able. At this point, I can kind of depend upon how connected I am to it. I can get over it in about five minutes and just go, okay, what do we have? How do we fix this? And, yeah. and that's the mode. And then in that fixing, even though that sounds like a negative
2: it's not necessarily innovative. no it's it's a process of discovery which is, yeah. is a joy if you can let it be a joy it's fucking yeah. great yeah, yeah no because then that's the other thing that, that happened is after uh you know a day or two of learning the commands and getting over also editing yourself like looking at <laughs> cut footage of yourself is like yes. you know masturbating into a mirror while it videotapes and projects on a wall <laughs> you yeah. know it's just it's not fair (laughs) it's not fair it's not fair (laughs) but 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 you know like ultimately like it's so much fucking fun to be like well we could do this with this and that you know and just allow that allow the joy of it you know what i mean yeah yeah dude
0: and it's nice when you actually have other people that are working with you in the edit room and you're not the only fucking poor asshole because then you start to have that uh, disconnect, especially if it's, especially if you're editing no, thank yourself. God for
2: Warren, thank yeah, God for yeah. Warren, because it was like you know, like I can't, I can't do, I, I couldn't be. I mean, maybe in a couple years if I learn a few more, I think more just skills for myself. But like as it stands right now, to be a director from from concept to to finish is just God bless you, bro.
0: Well, dude, look at like Bradley Cooper. Who's like, <laughs> who's directing and then acting in the pieces that he's doing, and then you know dealing with Lady Gaga and making all that stuff happen? It's just like
2: yeah, but it, in 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 art, not anybody's defense, but like you know that's what good budgets will do is that you can put a team together. So sure, it's like, of course, it's of like course, you got a good he DP. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say with DP, which is probably you know it's if there's four of the most important things, the DP is one of them. You know, and, and so like that's the other thing about all of this is that even if you do it yourself, you need help and you always need help and the, the it always is better if you allow help.
0: Uh, completely. My 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 career changed. As soon as you you know, because I was young and I was an arrogant and I was a piece of shit. And as soon as you get over that, as soon as you see that, um and I remember actually I remember when I saw that. I remember being I think I've talked about it on the show. I, I remember being on set for a video. I think I was doing, I think it was the Mashuga Bleed video. I
2: think oh, that was the video. I fucking love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. I forgot you're a big metalhead too. Um,
2: oh, yeah. no, but I mean the best metal band on the fucking planet. Anyway, keep going. Dude,
0: they're amazing. Um, I had stories about that. Um, so we were doing that video and what initially had happened, and this is out so I can talk about it. I think Rolling Stone just did an article on like 25 years of it or whatever. Um, Initially, what had happened was is Meshuggah came to us and they were like, we want you guys to do this video. um, Here's this budget. Uh, It was a pretty good number for a budget. Uh, And we were like, okay, cool. What if we do a video about the 12 layers of hell, like the 12 stages of hell? That'd be fucking rad. And we sort of go through this thing. And they were like, yeah, we're, we're good. Let's sign off on it. Fantastic. So we start going to pre production. We start looking for places. We ended up finding, because we were still East Coast, we ended up finding um, this old ice cream factory that was fucking like abandoned and it still had shit in it. And we were like, oh, fuck, this is going to be really cool. And so we were staging all these like different vignettes. And it was like 12 different vignettes for this track. Uh, because the fight as a director when you're doing music stuff is you don't want it to be repetitive. You always want some fresh new images to
2: make the video. It's the most thankless format on the planet. You have three to, minutes to fucking it's, do it. Yeah.
0: It's, it's horrible. So we uh, found the space. We set up this place. And then the band got to, or the label got to us. And they said, uh, look, the band ended up spending too much money on their album art. So we have to cut your budget. So they ended up cutting the budget for the video. Oh, God. Not in half, but almost in half. And so I remember, and we had gone through all this painstaking process, and I remember just being flippant on the phone going, well, I guess it's fucking three stages of hell then. (laughs) They were just like, well, make make it whatever you could. And that video just was like one step after another of heartbreak where we ended up filming that entire video in a 12 by 12 room with black around it. And we did the entire video in this 12 by 12 foot room. And I remember... Being on set and everything, as you get older, you realize that everything filters from the top. So if there's stress from the top, which was stress from me and my business partner at the time,
1: absolutely, uh,
0: then that filters down to the crew. And so uh, I remember dealing with my production designer who I love and I've used since, but him and I were getting into huge fucking fights because it didn't seem like he was listening to what I was saying and I didn't perceive that the way I should have which is, Mike, you're not communicating it correctly. And right. I, pre- I perceive that as this motherfucker. And I was just sort of transmitting that to him because I was dealing with the stress from above. And so I remember being on set one day and everything was falling apart. And he came out with this fucking prop and I was so pissed off. And I was a fucking temper tantric little prick. And I grabbed a chair and I threw a chair across the room and I was being a fucking asshole and I stormed out of this place. And when I went outside and I cooled off, I I had to go back. And apologize. And I had to go back into that space, and I saw how the whole crew reacted to me, and I saw how everything happened. And me doing that didn't change anything. It didn't change a fucking thing, other than the way that people processed it. Uh, And that was the day for me. That was the day that I went, it's time to be an adult. It's time to understand how you're... Being a person that people are looking up to and, and trying to impress and trying to appease, you got to be responsible with that. Um, and uh,
2: dude, the video I, ended yeah. up
0: doing good, but fucking
2: a right, fuck right. Yeah, dude, I learned that the exact same thing. It was the last uh, last tour I went on, like you know, months before my father had died, it was the height of my alcoholism, which caused me to be like full blown um, psoriasis, like like just like a elephant man kind of shit and uh just on the road fucking drunk just to get through it and i was not i wouldn't say a baby because that connotates somebody that you know it was just like i feel bad for the person that i was at that time yeah Mm -hmm. and i remember my manager on the phone again more like my business partner ryan being like it's all what you want it to be you know he's like if 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 this is a nightmare for you then it's a nightmare and it's a nightmare for your tour manager and your bandmates and everything and if and at the time i didn't get it but now i really get it it's like you know if you are running the show how you personally feel about something uh really doesn't fucking matter mm-hmm. that you it's the it's the job that you're there to do you know And thank God, actually, because imagine if everything was at the whim of how you felt. Jesus Christ, exactly. The world would be a Morrissey song. You know what I mean? And (laughs) nothing would ever get done.
0: You know, and I'm happy that I went through that experience. It sounds like um, that that was a pretty good eye-opening experience for you, too. And, and
2: Oh, yeah. You know, it's 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 liberating because you can shut that part of you that's just like, and you're like, you know what, dude? You, you don't fucking help to shut the fuck up. Exactly. I, I, another thing is not to be a hippie, but that voice, I now actually hug that voice because you know, when that, when that guy comes in and starts going like, but what, what, what? I'm like, look, I know ultimately you just want what's good for me, but this Mm -hmm. is not how it's going to work. And then I hug the dude and he's just like, well, I I just, I just, I just wanted you to know. That's all. That's fine. All right, fine. And he goes back on the couch and he chills out and it's like,
0: (laughs) it's very true.
2: You know what I mean? And just acknowledging that dude and being like, look, I love you, but you're not of service, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's great, man. And then you sort of, you find that, you find that sort of ability to, to, because we still react. We're all reactionary. I mean, a big part of what you do and a big part of what I do means that we don't sleep. <laughs> it means that like.
2: Yeah, but our, it doesn't mean that self-worth has to be attached to these very fluid. Yes. Uh, chaotic moments, you know. Very, very true, dude.
0: Very true. Um, so Cool. You and I have been uh, sort of joking via text offline about uh Typo Negative. You're a big Typo Negative
2: fan, huh? Yeah, there's no joke here, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't even like, you know, I I, I seriously started listening to the lyrics like a couple of years ago and I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, this this whole jo- song was a joke, but it meant a lot to me, you know." But
0: Yeah, Dude, most of their stuff where you listen to it, it's, I I think it kind of blew my mind recently where I just listened to Typo Negative at, like, double speed. And I was like, they're literally doing...
2: Pop songs.
0: Pop hardcore songs at half speed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, my old band, Melodrone, that was, like, our biggest... Me and Tony's biggest influence is we just... We listen to Bloody Kisses all the time. Oh, Um, yeah. And and I have a deep voice, and it was just like, "This is I want to do this, but I just don't want it to be lime green and... (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah exactly
2: (laughs) exactly Uh, the the village version of punk dressing you know what i mean like
0: yeah 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 i dude i i'm such a huge fan of the world coming down album that album just destroys me and uh, apparently it was a brutal album on peter you know apparently he did that album i think when his father died is what i Uh, understood and that that was a brutal album for him and
2: that that poor giant that's you know what you should make a movie about that guy. Yeah, dude. Like a <laughs> like a a real biopic because how, you know, like him beating the fuck out of that guy all cooked out because he was fucking his girlfriend supposedly and then mm-hmm. going to prison. Can you imagine being fucking six foot six Peter Steele and walking in and everybody's like, "What's up?" And it's like, <laughs> I'm type
1: <laughs> i mean can you,
0: you, dude i had heard that he was driving taxis in brooklyn can you imagine getting picked up in a taxi by him and he just sort of turns no, and, man. and dude, does man
2: oh that? Uh, that needs to be you know that needs to be like a fucking eight hour series
0: oh dude and from every step of the way from just the i remember seeing them live and i saw them live accidentally i think i i think i went to a queen's Reich show and they were opening for the queen's rike
2: oh. Fucking awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk about a cool live show. Um, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys wearing? Like, they have chains for guitar straps and like what the fuck is going on? Ah, I love I love their music. And talk about like um cinematic sort of orchestrated music. Like Peter Steele stuff and typo negative stuff has just been like a huge, huge, huge influence. And every once in a while, because Gina's not from that generation, so I'll put that on the card. She's like, Nobody's
2: perfect. To? What,
0: are we, what are we what are we listening to? I'm like, this is the shit.
2: I know. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, no. I don't know any the uh I played it for my girlfriend on a car trip mm-hmm. and she she you know, she was a whole like and I had explained the whole spiel about how much it meant to me. She's like, It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like ah. Have you ever seen Freddie got fingered? Yes. The, the top, all right. I don't think there is a single human female on the planet that doesn't hate that movie. <laughs> like hate that fucking movie. And I feel like typo negative music is that you know, it's like there, there are very few women that like typo negative and they, they actually really just like Peter Steele.
0: Exactly. They, they bought the playboy issue the Playgirl issue that he was in. Yeah, totally.
2: No, no, I'm not, now I'm, I'm not assuming anything about anybody. These are just jokes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome band, man. I was really excited when when Gina was telling me what a fan you were of that. And I was like, okay. Okay, we're going to At first I thought, first
2: I, thought I thought she was taking a piss, but then when she was like, "No, no, he's for real." I'm like, oh, 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 "Okay.
0: Okay." <laughs> I was like, "We this is it. That was the moment where I was like, we're going to get along really well." <laughs> um <clears throat> so let's uh let's let's get this show back in track here where are we at about an hour how how are you doing on time you still got more time are you on a schedule this afternoon what's going on with you
2: um i'm i'm cool okay cool cool cool
0: um because i'm having a great time with this stuff and i want to bring it back around um
2: are you weirded out if you hear a coffee machine in the background
0: dude you're living your life man it's fine all
2: right so (laughs) espresso time
0: yeah get it man i'm into it
2: Shut up, Liam. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're like Meg from The Simpsons. <laughs> Liam, do you have
0: any? Do you have any questions? Do you have anything you want to expand upon while you've had to sit here and listen to the two of us
2: just about it?
1: This is the most fucking insane episode I've been part of.
2: <laughs> Are you being facetious? I am not, dude. Like I've never heard of typo negative, and now I need to get in on it. <laughs> So yeah, no. So the thing about Peter Steele, this guy was like six foot six, uh, I think beautiful, um, and he would play bass in this band. And uh, you guys won't know what this thing is, but he would use four Lexicon reverb units that usually are used for voice, but he would use it on bass and shit like that. This was this was a band that took Pantera out to open up for him.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: You know what I mean? And and they never fucked with them. Because it was like, Peter will fucking kill you.
0: Dude, he, I had heard rumors because uh, my old business partner was in the industry. So we used to hear all these rumors about how he would go on stage and how he would have in his rider that it was like three bottles of red wine and he'd polish, oh, yeah. them, he'd polish them off before he got on fucking stage. And Oh, easy. Dude, and the dude's a tree. Like I, I half joked when I sent you that text. I, I went to the, the album release in New York for um it was for world coming down and i saw the the, the band was fucking huge as far as t- height is concerned but peter was just a fucking it's like it's like if lord of the rings was in real life and this dude was like the size of whatever fucking orc this this guy was fucking huge huge i remember like just sort of shaking and i'm like you know i'm six foot and i like shaking his hand and i feel like a midget in front of this guy
2: and liam liam there's footage of him going on i don't know if it's jenny jones or jerry springer <laughs> because he he had done a playgirl uh you know because yes and so the guy has like a i don't know nine or a ten inch dick and uh so he was a sex symbol for a minute
0: yeah for sure. and did,
2: did he die of a heart attack? Was it cocaine?
0: I think it was cocaine. I think it was cocaine. And I think it, I think it ultimately was a heart attack because of cocaine. But, um, yeah, no, he was huge in, like, the goth girl kind of. And it, it was a big joke for him where he was singing about black number one, which was, what, that was eye shadow or something like that? Uh,
2: the hair dye. Hair dye, that's right. It was hair dye.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, it, th- and they just ate it up
2: you became this. Well, I, I still do, man. I like, I was listening to that the other day on the freeway. Cause it's like, there's no traffic and I'm like black,
1: black, no more.
2: you know? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Gina would be sitting next to me in the car, trying to put
0: headphones on for herself. I she's like, I just, what is he singing Like a vampire? What is this vampire thing he does in here?
2: Right. Well, the next time fucking interview with a vampire comes on and, and she's in love with it as I'm, I'm assuming she will be <laughs> yeah. there's, there's your chance. Just be like, oh, <laughs> Tom Cruise in a ponytail. All right, fine. I don't get it, but all right. <laughs> Maybe I should get a ponytail.
0: <laughs> Maybe if Peter Steele glowed like diamonds when the sun shone on him, then it'd be cooler.
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not kidding, man. You should... You should definitely fucking sketch that out because that's a, that would be a great film.
0: I know. It'd be it, you're right though. It'd be a great miniseries. It'd be a really cool miniseries, just sort of digging because it is that sort of like New York sort of hardcore punk underground kind of thing. And then uh their sound being so different. So
2: fucking. And they fucking were different. on uh, Roadrunner Records, which mm-hmm. was like
0: mm-hmm.
2: you didn't want to be on that.
0: We did a lot of you know. we did a lot of work for those guys cuz we did uh, kill switch engages videos for years. So, and they
2: I mean, did you get paid on time? Yeah. You don't have to answer that. But yeah. like, you know, but the way they treated their artists contractually was just like stay the fuck away. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were like a subsidiary. Then they end up I think they became a subsidiary of Warner Bros, I think.
2: Everybody did. Everybody does it so, at some point. Once once your label gets to a certain point because the thing is is like <sighs> running a label sucks man just on a human level
1: mm-hmm.
2: it just sucks it just sucks you think it's fun for a while but it's not and and like it's one of those businesses that if it starts turning a profit and somebody comes in and goes look i'll buy you off of this above market you're just like yeah take it
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah because uh, that must be because you see it happen all the fucking time that must be what the deal
2: is. that's why it never not happens you know
0: yeah 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 and it, um, it it seems like if you're an honest person then it must suck having to deal with musicians at that level and it seems like You
2: know what I find that every most people are honest it's um it, it what's not
1: uh, and, uh, I I you
2: know it's not that it's not honest it's just that like as things change like for example music doesn't have value anymore yeah, so like yeah. the contracts that are reflecting that now are insulting you know and you could get mad about it or you could just be like well dude the world's ending don't don't freak out you know (laughs) um i've met a lot of liars Mm -hmm. but those guys are no longer in the business and now they're probably real estate agents you know (laughs) and and, and i don't mean that as a joke it's just that there's liars everywhere
0: yeah for sure for sure especially in american business for sure (laughs) for sure you know uh well Let's get back into music. Let's shift. Let's shift it a little bit again. Um, so, uh, I, and I know that you probably can't talk about a lot of it, but you, so you're making your way into scoring, scoring stuff now, right? You're getting into cinema and like in scoring films.
2: Yeah, I love it. Um, so I've been, you know, I've been doing smaller things and friends' projects, and then, um, you know, I've always moonlit doing jingles and things like that. Oh, no and, kidding. You know, as a musician, you have in order to make ends meet, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's just transitioning into the film world, um, which is funny because it's it's the same scam, but just with different names. <laughs> yeah. And and owned by the same companies, <laughs> no, right? And so it's like funny when I get the the normal spiel from from dudes and, and like producers and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, you don't understand. I've heard this like a thousand times before, you know, but. Um yeah. I just I love I love film scoring. I just I without even film scoring, I just love putting music to things because it's like we were talking before, them them on their own are pretty powerful, but together there's nothing more powerful. I don't know of any medium Mm -hmm. that is more powerful than the right image combined with the right piece of sound.
0: I dude, I completely agree. And the this is a conversation I've had with other composers that have been on the show before and this is something this is a dilemma that I've been sort of weaving my way through as a director that doesn't have musical talent but understands the power of music and he understands the power of editing music um, and what it emotionally does to the audience and so as a director it's always difficult to try to convey at least early on it's difficult to try to convey to a musician like what it is that you need you know what i mean and and how you get to that point that's
2: all that's that's what i've been finding is 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 just communication is um you know uh that's all it is is converting words but like you know the thing is is i like as far as a musician and because i think synesthetically so when people talk to me in analogies and metaphors I, I really get it yeah 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 i can really get it and and um uh, but between a director and a film score I, you know i've seen it when both speak different languages. It's, it's actually funny to fucking watch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It took me a while to check. I mean, thankfully with my years doing music videos, I kind of got through quick, but um, it, it sort of takes some time to sort of figure out. And then when you're looking for someone to compose stuff for you and you're looking for someone to have basically a partnership with, I mean, the composer is like having a, it's like the DP of the audio world. So you're essentially...
2: Yeah, and and, and make sure that you're working with somebody that doesn't have an ego. I mean, you know, so they're not just like, well, this is what I would do. You know, that's the thing is like, I get it when I'm working with a director. It's like, no, it's what he fucking wants. Now, if he's saying to you, what would you do here? Then I'll do that. If he likes it, then then awesome. Now we go to the next scene. If he doesn't, cool, what would you like? You know what I mean? And a lot of... Artists, not just musicians, but a lot of painters, artists, chefs, and stuff like that have a hard time with that pivot. When, when you make something and you're like, look what I did. And it's like, that's cool, but it's not right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not stopping and not being like, oh, well, fuck you. No. Dude, Again, be, a, be of service of the moment, dude. If he's going for an orange, help him get that fucking orange, you know?
0: It's a valid point. You really have to get over that quickly. This is something that even as a director you deal with, even if if it's your own fucking, for instance, I just had to go through this recently with one of the projects that's being pitched and I have to be very sort of, you know, I can't be specific anyway. Um, so the guys are going out to market with it and they were like, Hey, can you go through the process last minute? Can you go through the process and create, um, a lookbook essentially, which for those of you who don't know what a lookbook is, it's essentially a bunch of different, um, resources a bunch of different images ideas and you sort of put together almost like a collage book like you would as a kid of what the thing's gonna feel like and what the movie's gonna do and so i was like sure you know and you need this in what like three days okay sure all right let me try to bang something out that would normally take two weeks and three days got it so then go through the process hard hustle hard fucking hustle did you know 12 hours to the working to the point of exhaustion trying to make a deadline getting to that point point turning it in and having them essentially go, this is really great. We're not going to use it. <laughs> and just being like, what the fuck? And that's your, all day long. that's your first notion is to be like, what the fuck? And then I get over that pretty quick. And the guys were very apologetic. And they're like, look, we know you've done all this stuff. I said, look, I'm in the business to make movies. I'm not in the business to make storyboards or make lookbooks. So if it works, it works. If it doesn't, let's move on. Let's make something. That's essentially what we're doing. And I think that, took me a long time to get to that point as an artist, but once you hit that point and release that stuff that we've been talking about, this show is about release. Yeah. Like, once you release that shit, then... The gears move faster, and then they're like, okay, cool, we're on to the next thing. Yeah, now what can we use? What can I make to make that better?
2: Yeah. When, you, when that moment hits you, just remind yourself that, like, oh, it, you know, it's, su- it's such a cliche for a fucking reason, though, that it's not destination, it's the journey, it's the joy of making it. Yeah. So it's like, if somebody goes like, this isn't right, don't be like, this sucks. Be like, oh, I get another chance to make something out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. And and, and 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 not saying that as a joke or, or like being serious about it that like dude, you're lucky, you're lucky to do that mm-hmm. now, getting paid and all that other shit that's that's another part of the brain and another conversation, but like enjoy making shit and you'll always be okay, you know yeah, like I say this like I know, but. <laughs> That's, that's that's what I'm thinking so far, you know.
0: But it's true, dude. It's true. It's like, And you end up being a lot more chill, which is great. You end up being a lot more relaxed, which is good. And then in that mindset, you end up creating a bunch of stuff. Like, I went through that whole process making those boards. I learned five or six different things about my movie that I didn't know before I did it.
2: How great is that? Yeah. And
0: even though we're not going to use those things, I have now figured out what color this is going to be. And I've now figured out this unattainable fucking thing that the only way I was able to get there was that I sorted through fucking 300 different reference photos for for fucking 12 hours and went, this is the one. And I finally figured it out. So-
2: yeah it's never yeah. and you and like you were mentioning earlier about going into war you know it's just like pre-production is war you got to go in there with as solid of versions of your visions uh to make sure that it stays on the thing that you came up with one night when you were stoned on a on a fucking couch or something you know mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. and then trying to catalog all that stuff is always an interesting process
2: Yes. Um, but you have to respect it. You have to respect it, you know.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing that I think I was getting at before is that one of the things I hate about trying to do so I can't edit without sound. I really can't. And so when I'm doing especially horror. So like if you watch if you watch my movies it's like people walking down a hallway scared of a fucking door. And you're like, I don't know how to pace this goddamn thing yet until I do audio, and so I kind of had to get into that early on and start to sound design or early sound design my own stuff just so I can find a fucking rhythm in, in the actual edit process. And one of the most difficult things that I have and one of the things that I'm still looking for with a composer is it's really hard in our business to convince producers to get composers attached early. And there's something really nice about working with a musician that will create stuff, whether they're creating stuff based upon the script or whether they'll create stuff based upon early cuts or even like being on set and, and visualizing things and being able to create things. Uh, because what happens a lot of times in the edit is that you have to use temp tracks to, in order to get a pace down,
2: period. Well, so yeah, look, this is, this is. I, mean, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Like, you know... Um, and I was talking to a really, really well-known, famous composer, Joe Trapanese, about this as well. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the temp trap, tent track trap, and it's like, don't fight it. Do you know what I mean? Like, as as far as a composer, it's like half the work has just been done for you. You don't have to do what's there, but it's telling you what to feel. And it's like people people get freaked out about demoitis or temp trackness, and it's just like, look, th- instead of it being a bad thing, I've always viewed it as like awesome. Really, awesome. We're that much closer to what you want. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Fascinating. Be- okay. Yeah, it's because we're that much fucking closer. So it's like you know, it, it, in this world, in my world, everybody's getting the same shit. We want that. Uh, Johansson the, the the guy that passed away a couple of years ago the Swedish one.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, uh Johansson. Yeah, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, Mandy, yeah. fucking right. sicario yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He he's he everything that gets sent out that you know is moody, that's the temp track. Yeah. We want this. We want this, right? And it's almost become a joke amongst like scorers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I'm like, dude, it's, it's not a bad thing because these people who aren't musicians are telling you where they want to go the best way they can. Okay? And, and like, they're like, hey, this, this makes me feel like this. And, and my job is to be like, what does that feel like? Now, luckily for me, synesthesia, like I can see a color and a shape and I can make another color and a shape in that same thing and it'll sound different. So I have the mechanics built into myself to do that. But when people get freaked out about tem tracks, I'm like, I, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, I don't know if that's where you were going.
0: No, it's fascinating to hear you say that because I get concerned from the other angle. So I hear, like, I watch movies and I hear movies and I go, "Temp track, temp track, temp track, temp track." You, like you can just, you can hear it, and so because they're doing the Sicario thing, and to me, when I see that as an artist, to me, it feels like a very producer fucking move where it's just like.
2: Oh totally. Could, because it worked before, let's do it again. Let's do
0: it again. So why don't we get a track like fucking Sicario and put the fucking Sicario track in there? And then but the
2: problem is, is that dude is paying for everything. So it's like you can't you like like whilst you're there to be artistic and shit like that, like at the end of the day, um the dingus that doesn't know his ass from his watch that's paying for it. <laughs> there goes my career. <laughs> 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 it's fine <laughs> we know what well, you're saying <laughs> it, 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 it's a service business and and if like you know the joke about the fucking spider from a was that that movie uh, the western with will smith and kevin klein
0: oh fucking wild wild west
2: <laughs> did you hear about that guy in the spider and how he's been trying to put that spider in all, yeah. the, all those fucking movies yeah. yes well, did you, i mean it's funny but the dude paid for it So we can sit here and, like, mock him or be like, that was so stupid, but he's the one that paid for it. And so, like, um, my job, I think, is to do the coolest version of what I think this guy wants.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's it. And not be like, why am I not, you know. And so when, when somebody or an editor sends me something and they have the Johansson guy in... Or one of these other things that's been done a million times, it's always with an apology. Like, look, I know you've heard this a million times, but this is what this scene needs. And it's just like, don't apologize. Thanks for letting me know where this scene needs to be. Or if you're listening to a piece of music that you've heard a million times, but man, it's really fucking helping me get to where I need to go. Who gives a fuck as long as you get there, right?
0: (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, is that on some of my past stuff,
2: your shit's been my temp. So, <laughs> I, think <You're> <laughs> I think that's You're welcome. It's funny. Is that it's like No. But I mean like it's it, like that's I, I, it's a very like it's a very gatekeeping way of looking at things that like you have to do things a certain way to get to a certain place and, and to a certain extent that is true, but like once you're not a student anymore Instead of fighting things, it's learning how to surf them. And if you're lucky enough to find a piece temp music that really resonates to the picture you have Mm. and you want something new, to me that sounds like, wow, we have everything we need here as opposed to... I also love it when I just get a scene or something and it's like, do whatever you want, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at the end of the day, it's a service thing. I'm not making this film. You are. What do you want?
0: Well, it, yeah, I hear what you're saying. And and, and as a director, I, I, I always say that directors get way too much credit. I feel like essentially my job is to just be a tastemaker and a curator, essentially. And so I'm looking at stuff that's presented to me. Like, I like that outfit. I like this thing. I like what you did. I like that performance. I like this piece of music. I like that stuff. Let me try to service the idea or the emotion that I'm trying to create overall um, but like we get way too much credit for what it is that we do, and so uh, I try. I, like I love to be inspired by stuff that's that just seems to come out of that creative process. Like I'm, I hear what you're saying about temp tracks, and I've been there a hundred times. I'm just trying to get to that point where I'd love to just have that relationship with a composer where it's like, can we just play around a little bit? Can we just can I just be in the space a oh, little bit? And, totally. And, I mean,
2: if you can get if you can get to that point. Yeah. Or if you're lucky enough to get into that point, absolutely. Because then, you know. then it just
0: feels, you know, then, then you feel like you're making those scores. If You feel like you're, you're actually finding that score for Sicario. And then you know that people are just going to be ripping your shit to have his temp. And they're, they're like, how did, you, how did you ever fucking come up with this stupid thing? And you're like, well, it's because they, they created the environment in which two artists can sort of sit around and play. And I think for me, it's more about just hearing it. It's more about just hearing how an artist plays and being in that space and just going, "That's fucking cool," and that sounds really fucking rad, and that sounds really fucking cool too. Like, what if you play with those?
2: You know, if if you're if you're lucky enough, not or not even lucky enough, but if you manifest a situation of that, I think that's fucking awesome. You know?
0: Yeah, I'll eventually. Um, I, I'm I'm just rambling about shit that I want.
2: No, I just I've <laughs> noticed that when it comes to like when you know the trickling down of money, like music is always at the end of the, like, well, we only got this left, but we need to get Hans Zimmer, you know what I mean? And, and, and I get it now that I understand production, because, you know, music is, unless it's a special kind of production, music usually is post. For sure, for sure. Right? For sure. And so, like, that's when it's always like, fuck, we, we don't have enough to do X, Y, and Z. What can we do? We'll throw a temp on there and get some guy to ape it, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's more... The reason why this happens than anything else yeah uh, yep. but but you know if you have a relationship with a filmmaker and it's not even about deals or anything like that it's just two people trying to make something cool and then along the lines it's like all right this is getting picked up do you want to be a part of it sure let's figure out a deal that makes sense and then that's it you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm, uh
2: mm-hmm. and everything in anything in between it's just that like Again, God bless you if you're trying to get anything on film, you know.
1: Yeah, well,
0: I, I, and then you hear these stories like Joker, you know, and how um, uh, Phoenix, well, King Phoenix there, and uh, the director came up with that dancing sequence in the bathroom, and and just listening to the struggle that they were having, and that's one of those those that's one of those moments in any project where. There is this idea for a sequence, and you really sort of haven't been able to figure it out in pre. And you, you're just like, "We'll get there. We'll figure it out. We'll get there." And then mm-hmm. you get to that point where you're like, "Fuck! Like I'm here, and this is that thing that I wasn't able to figure out before, and this is going to ruin everything."
2: Again, that's I I find love. I love those moments because now it's taken it out of your hands. You yeah. just have to do something,
0: and that's what they did in that sequence.
2: They and how great did it turn out? Because it was bigger than both of them. It was just like I just you know. Both of them have 100,000 hours of talent behind them, and they just let it go, uh, and, 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 and that's and, what you get.
0: And for the audience that doesn't know, he essentially had a track from the composer that they just played in that bathroom, and that's what they did. So they just went in there, and he had like a pre-track that, that was being done early and walked into that room and had that as ammunition and was like, let's just play the track. And then from what I understand, Joaquin had been working with a dance choreographer to do this sort of dance down the stairs, st- Uh, Stair sequence Um, and that guy was teaching him about how specific moves mean things emotionally and that's how that scene happened and it was just it's fucking cool to see that ammunition that they had you know what i mean and i i guess i'm just trying to talk about it out loud and promote it a little bit uh, because it's the antithesis like we said before of what producers think and most producers are like hey you, you don't worry about the score until we're in
2: the edit well, you and you don't, But you, you, I, again, like, on a human level, I don't resent that because, like, it's, if I was putting a film together, it would, I would do the exact same thing. It'd be like, what's the story, uh, team together, pre-production, you shoot principal, you start talking about post, and then we start doing the music. It's like, that's, that, that makes total fucking sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, again... You're, you're trying to do the dumbest fucking hardest thing on the fucking planet, it seems like, <laughs> you know, or it is it's hurting 1700 cats. It's, it's like,
0: yeah, totally and, true.
2: And so like there you have to be as a filmmaker. And I'm saying this as somebody that's never made a film. You got to go with the flow on certain times. You just got to go with it. Like, like, and as a live musician, I spent all of my 20s playing live and playing in every shithole on the planet and the best shows were the ones where things went awry and I just went with it and made something happen as a front person. And it's just like, those are always the ones that afterwards, everybody's like, well,
1: it's fucking odd.
2: You know, like, you know, and same thing at parties when you just come from the hip and, and then you drive home and your girlfriend's like, God, oh, that was really funny when you did that. It's just mm-hmm. you, you have to be a, bigger than yourself. The moment's not about you, you know?
0: Yeah dude that's great that's great stuff um what are we at we're at like an hour and a half okay so i should probably start i should probably start wrapping this up
2: uh, (laughs) i understand and i and liam just won't shut the fuck up (laughs) sorry I wish people could see the graph here, the, the audio graph of this page.
0: <laughs> there's like this giant audio file we have to download just for like three spots. And there's
2: three three sorry's from <laughs> Liam. Uh,
0: well, uh, dude, this has been a fucking pleasure, man. This has been a pleasure.
2: Likewise, likewise. Thank you for taking me away from whatever this crazy. quarantine is. Yeah, yeah, crazy
0: fucking world that we live in. Um This is the, and you've done such a good job of sort of giving advice and been very, uh, very helpful and thoughtful with us. Um, but this is usually the part of the show where I ask the guest to give a little bit of advice to someone that's uh, coming up in the world. Um, and it'd be fascinating. Let me think here for a sec. Like, what would I, I'm always fascinated about getting older and learning and learning, uh, Stuff And then retroactively being able to go back in time and try to tell yourself something that you've learned. Okay,
2: I got something. I got something. Um, something that's really helped me is to imagine that your brain, your head, is kind of like this John Malkovich karaoke machine. And in your brain, you have between 12 to 300 archetypes of these things that you want to be, who you think you are, that want to run the show and control the mic. And like I was saying earlier, all of us developed a self-critic around puberty, most likely, or younger if you were uh, abused, to help you survive. The self-critic that looks at everything negatively and looks at people suspiciously all the time. And we love this self-critic because it made us survive. But at a certain age, that self-critic now does more damage. And the thing that I can't recommend enough is that you're allowed to revisit your standards and who you think you are and you're allowed to change those things. That doesn't make you weak. That makes you a stronger person. And that like, take a moment and realize that maybe the person that's running the show was somebody that you needed a long time ago and not who you need right now.
0: So that, that, that that's the episode. Hope you guys liked it. I had a fucking blast. I feel like uh, the only bummer about the whole thing is that both John and I weren't hanging out in the same space, uh, eating food and talking shop. Uh, fuck you, COVID for not letting that happen. But I am so excited to uh, been able to talk with him. And now I, I have like such a, it's so interesting when you listen to music, because when you listen to it fresh you're painting your own picture, which I know John likes, and I know a lot of musicians like, but as you get to know them, as you get to get further with it, um, the big risk is, is this guy an asshole? That's always been my biggest risk. Whenever I do stuff like this, of music videos, my always biggest fear is like, okay, I've always loved this artist's stuff. When I talk to him, is he going to be an asshole? And it's very relieving when you find that the person is actually better than you thought they would be. And so thank you, John, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, And I appreciate you guys for listening. And like I said during the break, go check out bigblackdelta.com. Definitely go check it out. Um, And if he starts touring again, which I'm sure he will after this COVID thing, go see him live because it's magical. It's a magical experience. You get to watch one man put together these sounds. And when you listen to these All these songs that you've heard today have been Big Black Delta and they sound fucking huge, don't they? They sound really fucking big. Um, And he's creating all that stuff. So it's really cool that he does so. Um, And like I said, his tours are really great. I'm bummed Gina got to go see it. Did you, you saw the one where the two women were drumming, right? Yeah, I wish I fucking saw that. So cool. He had two uh, drummers on stage with him. So it was him and two drummers. And they were beating the fuck out of those drums. Man, that must have been a great show. Was it good? Mm-hmm. Anyway, one of my favorite episodes. Thank you guys for listening. Um, more episodes on the way, more good stuff on the way. We've got a good queue going. Liam has been hard at work. Thank you, Liam, for hustling, as always. Um, and uh, get ready, guys, because we got some good ones coming up. So as always, I will see you next Tuesday.